As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello and welcome to our new fantastic show, Business for Entrepreneurs. We want to share the real stories of real people who, like us, are running their own business. For them, their business is their passion. And for them, business is personal. Hello, we're live back with Business for Entrepreneurs. And every week, we are joined by a specialist in their field, an expert in their expertise. And this week is no different. Only this week we're joined uh, with the lovely Fraser Whittle from the group Smart PA. And he is joining us from all the way over in Malta. Hello, Fraser, welcome to the show. Hello, hello, and good to be back again. How are you Lovely to have you. What's the weather like in Malta at the moment? It's uh, very hot and sunny and probably just like it's been in UK for the last two weeks or so. Yeah, and now it's raining. Until today. Welcome to the show, Fraser. How are you? I believe your summer ended yesterday. (laughs) I believe so too. We're keeping our fingers crossed. So listen, thank you for joining us. You know, welcome to Business for Entrepreneurs. We, We love business stories. We love entrepreneurship stories. And we love the fact that actually we can get our experts in the room with experience, talk about their journey, so that other people who are listening in, who may be at the beginning of their journey, can take away some golden nuggets. So towards the end of the show, um, I'm going to ask you a couple of your hints and tips, okay? But first off, let's talk about where you've come from. So tell us a little bit about your story before uh, Smart PA. Okay, well, first of all, many people ask how a Scotsman ended up in Malta <laughs> and why they chose why they chose to be there and what, what all happened. So we have a very long story which took us from Scotland to London and then way back in the early nineties out to Dubai for two or three years when it was in the very early stages. Uh, I worked in human resources in the hospitality industry, having done many, many years in operations. And um, after working for about three years in in Dubai. I left there with my new wife who I met in Dubai and we um, we moved to Riga in Latvia and did the opening of a new four-star hotel out there as the director of human resources. After that we moved from Riga down to Oman to Muscat and opened up a five-star hotel down there and that involved um, bringing staff from all over the place in these days, it was mainly from India, from the uh, from the Far East, Asia, 
Philippines, places like that. So a lot of recruitment trips, bringing people in, getting them trained up, and eventually getting the hotel opened. And once the hotel was opened up, uh, part of my job had been to train up a local Omani person to take over the, the position of human resources director, which I did. And then I left that person in charge and moved on, found myself another new job. So we moved from there to Kuwait and stayed in Kuwait for a couple of years, very much in a similar role, but in a, a corporate role where we had hotels in Kuwait and Syria and Algeria and uh, Cairo, all the places that have had their spring adventures in the last few years, unfortunately, but interesting places again to work, different cultures, different backgrounds, different sort of uh, people to work with. And again, training up a local Kuwaiti to take over my role as uh, Corporate Director of Human Resources and Training. And we moved our offices eventually from there to Cairo. And we lived in Cairo for two years. And uh, that's a city that doesn't sleep, definitely. <laughs> There's always something happening in Cairo. journey, <laughs> <laughs> I know, I was going to say, you must have seen yeah. it amount of different cultural experiences as well absolutely yeah absolutely uh culture ways of working approaches to working people we've met so many people who once you get to know them uh yes it's the cultures they become very very friendly people especially in egypt they're very very friend friendly people very open people sometimes they need a bit of a push and a shove to get them working all the time but They'll eventually do it, do it for you. Um, wow. uh, so we lived in Cairo for two years, and then eventually we ended up back in Dubai. Well, I was going to say the amount of people that complained about the heat here in the UK last week to get them to work in temperatures of 40 way up towards the 50s must be quite hard. So I, d I don't blame them. <laughs> yeah. Very true, very true. But somehow you get you get used to it. You, you know, we're sitting at the moment in uh, in Malta. It's 30, 30 degrees. It's just normal. The, oh, really? the main difference compared to the UK with these places is that most of them are geared up for it. They have yeah. air conditioning. That is the they difference. Have. The UK get extreme weathers, right? And we're not geared up for any of it. So you know. <coughs> snow we get extreme heat we're not we're not really geared up for anything but uh, you know who knows maybe the future we, we'll start realizing that these things happen um yeah. so there's a chunk missing the bit from cairo to malta uh yes talk a little bit about this because you you missed this bit out <laughs> cairo to malta we spent the last 18 years in dubai actually okay um still in human resources very much we went back to dubai um, because I got a job again in a five-star hotel as HR director um, and started working there um, and after two or three years I actually took myself out of hospitality and started working for myself doing human resource consulting and uh, general recruitment uh, and did that for about four years and after that I joined the um, the re real estate industry and was an HR director for a real estate company in Dubai and unfortunately it was just before the the big slump and uh, the big explosion in the market and everything went boom 
in Dubai and there was a lot of redundancies and I actually wrote out my own redundancy letter and said, well, off you go, mate. <laughs> uh, you haven't got a job anymore. And um, that was the end of the, the real estate market. Um, I then moved into the fitness industry and joined the company as their regional director of human resources, uh, covering again the Middle East region, doing their, their HR uh, work. And again, after about four years with that company, we were taken over by one of the big um, iconic groups of the Middle East. We were bought over and taken over. And so they had their whole their, their own HR department and set up and people and everything else. So again, basically I, I wrote my own redundancy letter and <laughs> pushed myself out the door from that one. And I ended up working uh, with a, a company who did souvenir photography actually. And if you've ever been to Dubai or any of these sort of um, holiday resorts uh, with iconic buildings or water parks or theme parks and somebody jumps out in front of you with a camera and tell you, clicks your photograph and says just one more please and clicks it again. Um, that was one of our guys that used to do that for you. We had, we had uh, operations in Dubai right across to the Far East, uh, Malaysia, Indonesia, Hong Kong, um, where else is over there, Singapore, um, India, and then eventually in UK and London we have operations as well. So I, I was the global HR director looking after all the HR functions for right across from Dubai to the Far East. So uh, I was working very interesting time zones. I was going to say, it must have been a hugely interesting time. And for somebody to listen in, are there a lot of similarities or is there a huge difference between the policies? Um, when you get used to it, you can you can sort of go from Dubai, for example, and land in, land in Malaysia and get hold of a copy of their employment law and read through it and... Basically, it's the same stuff that you're reading through. There's a, a few bits that are slightly different here and there, but it's kind of the same. And most of the Middle Eastern countries as well, you'll find that it's pretty much the same foundation that the um, the employment laws are, are built on. It's pretty much all the, all the same stuff. But obviously, you've got to really dig in and find out what the the local bits are and what the, the real um, differences are, because these are always the bits that will trip you up in the end if you haven't found out what they are and you just try to, you know, sort of move forward because you think that's what it will be like because it's always like that. That's where you get, get caught. But they're pretty much the same. The one thing that is different between the Middle East and going out to the Far East and Europe is that Europe in the UK, places like that, they're far more rigid, stringent, uh, more red tape involved, more uh, employ employee protection probably in Europe and, and UK than there is in the, the other countries moving out that direction. Although there is a lot more employee protection coming into these countries. Uh, now and there has been in the time that we've been working in it, we've seen it coming through more and more. And the good thing, I suppose, 
with your knowledge and experience, you're you're well positioned to be able to kind of adapt to these policies coming out because you've seen them in action. So you know what needs to be done. You know how to do it, right? Yes, well, it uh, does make a difference when when things crop up and uh, issues arise in in the workplace or have done in the past in the workplace. Then you know after. 25 years of dealing with it for somebody just starting out in their career, it can be a bit of an issue or it can be a bit of a panic or it can be how, how are we going to get on with this, how are we going to manage it, but, you know, when you've perhaps done it before once or twice or three times, it's, it's like everything else, it's like riding a bike, you get on it, you've done it, so the next time it happens, you, you carry on, you do it again the same way. I mean, it's a pretty morbid subject, but between my wife worked in human resources as well with a large group in Dubai. So between us, we have probably um, relocated about a dozen bodies from the Middle East back home, as in dead ones. Yeah, yeah. Because it happens, you know, it's part yeah. of HR, it's part of life. People work and die when they make from their expats. And they wow. have to get they have to get back to their home countries. I thought so that was all arranged by the funeral director because we. It's a, it's a morbid subject, but we have yeah. to coordinate it and and get it all happening to to get them home. So, uh, first time it was horrendous, but second, third, fifth, you know, you just get used to the various steps and uh, and processes that you have to go through to make it happen. So let's talk a little bit about Smart PA, right? So, yeah, when when did you start with uh, with this organisation? Because it's a franchise business, which means you've got several hundred partners that sit behind you that you can turn to and rely on. But tell us a little bit about Smart PA and 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 how that fits in. Okay, um, how did we find? First of all, how did we find Smart PA? How did we end up in Malta? Let's just go back to that to finish that bit off. Again, um, I made myself redundant in uh, Dubai. We stayed on for a couple of years and then my wife lost her job. So we, we moved to Malta three years ago, um, looking for a slightly quieter life, a better work-life balance, because we both had fairly senior positions. And um, we came across Smart PA. Smart PA is a franchise operation. Um, it was started up by a lady called Sarah Bajui, who was looking for a way to empower women back into the workplace, primarily women who were returning to work after having families, which is really what started her on it. She'd had some children, wanted to get back to work, and didn't want to be a you know totally stay at home, that's my career finished. So she said, started up Smart PA, and it's just grown and grown and grown to the extent that there are, as you say, now over 250 smart PA partners located globally, right from the east coast of America to the Far East, Malaysia, uh, all with different skill sets, all with different knowledge. Yes, the sort of basis of it is PA support and secretarial support, things like that, but People are joining now who have got different skill sets like marketing skill sets, um, human resource specialism, a, um, bookkeeping specialisms, social media specialisms, whatever. Uh, 
and they all work together to support one another. It's a, it's a franchise company, so we, we've purchased the franchise license to operate our smart PA uh, operation, my wife and I. And we have our, we've built up our own client base, we work with them, and we do our own tasks as they wish, whatever it is they've taken, taken us on board for. However, if we ever come across a, a client or a client comes up with a request for us that they want us to do something for them, which we don't have the skill set for, one of the, the big bonuses of Smart PA is that we can delve into the network of 250 Smart PA partners and we can find somebody who has a skill set to do that work. Now, it doesn't mean that we then say to the client, well, that person will be able to do it for you. So here's their number. Give them a call. Yeah. We totally take it, take it over. We are the account manager for that client. So we, we, you know, we'll tell them we, we don't have the skill set, but we know somebody who can do it, who's also a smart PA partner. They'll do the work to the same standard as we would do it, and we'll get it sorted out. And we outsource that work to that partner who will then invoice us for the work that they do for us. And it doesn't affect in any way the agreement or the relationship that we have with our client. It's still a one-to-one -one client account manager relationship. One invoice from us to them, one agreement, one everything. So it doesn't take the, the client away anymore from their job, from their business, trying to find somebody to do that particular task. Kind of figure it out. We've taken over that from. Yeah, it's absolutely a fantastic service because often I find with people, and especially now as well, people are looking to outsource. And sometimes it's just outsourcing the small things first. Mm. But then as you grow as a business and perhaps you want to spread internationally, obviously with yourself, you have a lot of background knowledge with international work. So you can basically start off perhaps doing social media for a company, growing to then uh, employ people, interview staff, um, and then to grow to bring the company abroad and internationally. I think it's, and it's all kept in the one place. Because I, I think the one thing that takes a lot of time is to find people that you trust within business to outsource to. So with mm -hmm. having that partner network, you already have that in place, don't you? That's right. Yeah, the whole network is there. Plus, Smart PA do have a. I mean, they've got a very comprehensive head office based in up in Edinburgh, actually. Um, so they coordinate anything, everything from there in terms of marketing support for the partners, IT support, uh, branding support, all all these things, and and just general business support for the partners to help them to give them backup. Um, so if there's anything that we need or we require or, or if we need um, some skill set, we can go through the, the head office business support unit to try and get their assistance and, and get them to back us up. And they're always there when we need them pretty much 24-7. They'll get back to us um, with, with a response. We've got a good training centre. They do online web uh, webinars. They have... Uh, community meetings online just for general chat about what's happening in company. And uh, they have a, obviously a, an internal communications uh, system and network that everyone can use just to talk about what's happening in the business and 
if anyone is shouting out for help, they just type it in and hopefully someone will come up with the, with the results uh, for them. So it's all very supportive from the inside. Everyone's working together to support the business, to support one another, and ultimately to, to support the clients that they have to make sure that their businesses are, are developing, are getting better, and the clients are getting free time, they're saving costs, saving on costs, and, uh, you know, doing what they went into business to do, which is to focus on something they enjoy or develop the skills that they've had or whatever. And it's very, very important that we work with our clients and not for them. We work with them, blend in with them, become part of their business and work along alongside them to go forward. Um, rather than just popping in, popping in, popping in, popping out. Um, that's how we how we work. So, so it's a very comprehensive organisation and setup. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it sounds really good, and, and I think any business where you've got that much backup is, is is built for success, right? Now you're based in Malta, but can you work with companies all over the world, or are you restricted to a region, the same as? other franchise industries no we can work with companies anywhere in the world um wherever we pick up clients we can we can work with them all the the work that we do is done online and that's you know throughout all of smart pa mm. each of the franchise holders builds up their own client base that's you know that's part of their business is to build up their their client base to the, the extent that they want to, whether they want to be very, very busy or if they just want to do a bit of work to keep themselves ticking over. But they can work with anybody they, they want to. Um, we have clients in the UK um, who we work with. We have clients in Malta who we work with because obviously that's where we are based and um, that's, that's who we work with. And we also have clients in Dubai. So, you know, we, we've got these clients there. Through other networking, I've been on international calls with people, um, networkers in places like Lithuania or South Africa and Cape Town, um, all over Europe, uh, the States, South Africa, I've mentioned before. And, you know, no business has come as yet, but if anything came out of it, we would go into agreements with these clients and we'd work with people in these countries. So there's no no boundaries, although you say that there's no bounds, there there are there certainly are no bounds. We can go anywhere. Which is fantastic. Absolutely. I think that's coming forward more and more. But going back to business for entrepreneurs, um, was that something I know that you've had very senior management positions and um, I'm not sure if you've owned your own company before, but was business for entrepreneurs, was that entrepreneurship something that you always wanted to kind of go into? Um, it wasn't something that uh, was with me all of my career. I wasn't, uh, I wasn't one of these people that woke up or came out of college and said, I'm going to own my own business and I'm going to, um, sort of be a Mr. Google or a Mr. Amazon, something like that. No, I just I worked my way through my career and worked up to the positions I, I got to. And it was more, um, first time round, it was circumstances. 
that I, I wanted away from um, hospitality. I wanted a change um, because I'd been working in hospitality for many, many years. So that's when I decided to to, to give it a go and, and do some consulting work myself in Dubai. Um, and then this time round, it was um, it was more a lifestyle choice that we, you know. We, the biggest challenge for people who sort of thinking about maybe have had senior positions before and thinking about setting up on their own what's the biggest sort of challenge that you found um by doing that i i suppose it's been a bit of uh so suddenly not having the regular salary going in the bank <laughs> yeah, at the end of every month it's uh it's been good fun you've had the freedom to to do what what you want and and the thing that we were at that we were after was the the difference in life work balance which we've we've got without uh, without doubt and we've been in a fortunate position you know we've we've come out of the very senior positions and and we are a bit older we're, we're we've come here halfway towards retiring so we really wanted to slow things down so we're, we're not um we're not skin we're not counting the pennies totally but we didn't want to have absolutely absolutely nothing so it's always nice to have the the salary at the end of the month but um the biggest challenge is is realizing that your life is is going to change and you know if there's not a customer then you don't get paid I think, yeah. I think another challenge that I yeah. found, because I've worked in hospitality for a long time as well, and you've got a team behind you, mm, which is yeah. something that I, you kind of miss. You know, a lot of people who come for on the podcast, they go, I wish I could just phone the IT guy and the IT department could deal yeah. with it. I'm a little bit lucky like that because I have an IT department yeah. in the other room. But, oh, you know, <laughs> yeah. Is those he's the one on the chair rocking. <laughs> <laughs> but it's those kind of challenges that you face as an entrepreneur that you kind of don't think about sometimes, is it? Yeah, no, and, and what you've said actually is uh, is absolutely right because way, way, you know, a couple of years ago when we were starting this up, I'm not uh, I'm not terribly IT focused, not like Jamie by any means and you know I used to get very frustrated doing IT stuff and just trying to do stuff and uh, Carol would kind of laugh at me basically who's <laughs> uh, <is> my partner <laughs> the boss the wife um, and I said to her actually I said look I'm, I'm just not used to this I always used to have people who did this for me yeah, yeah. then people who fixed my laptop I had people who sent emails for me or did memos or made appointments and I just have never had to do this whereas you, yeah as you say it's a total change of suddenly it all lands on your plate and I think as well you, a lot, lot, of, yeah, lot that we get is that you have to wear all the hats yourself but this yeah. is a smart PA can come in and help you you know wearing yes. some of these hats that you don't want to wear anymore right yeah no that's exactly what uh what we are. Yeah. So tell us a little, just tell us, a, give us a list or, or tell us a little bit about the services that you offer. Uh, we offer um, general sort of organization and uh, support to 
two or, two or three people who are self-employed, if you like, and they just need their day managed from diary management to email management to social media management, just need everything sorted out for them. We've also got clients who we do um, transcription work for, a tax advisor who just spends his whole day talking into his um, dictaphone and then he sends the the uh, audios through to us and Carol transcribes them and sends them back to them in the written form. We do that. Um, we we do uh, research work for one of our other clients. We've done various types of research right down to finding new office space for them as his company's grown over the over the last couple of years. Um, we do document preparation, presentation preparation for for companies, uh, minute taking, minute compilation for people and uh, some invoice paying uh, for other clients. But generally, if anybody can ask us to do anything for them, if we don't know how to do it, we'll find a way to do it. If we can't find a way to do it, that's when we go into the network and shout out to one of the other partners and see if anybody can give us a backup and support that we need. So, you know, at the end of the day, I don't think we've ever said to any of our clients we can't do that for you. Oh, fab! Because I've got some, um, I've got some posts I need delivered to Mars, uh, and you said <laughs> you do it, so we're all over it, right? We're on it. Um, Great, Rachel Branson will take it. Well, you know, I do, I do say to to um, potential clients, I say, I do say to them, the only thing we can't do is make coffee and bring it into your office for you. But when I thought about it, I said we could actually do some research and find the nearest cost of coffee yeah. and call them up with your favourite one and get it delivered. <laughs> so that's that one covered as well. <laughs> but in this day and age, everything is possible. Yeah. So this is it's been brilliant having you on the show. And with it, I mean, you got you got so much knowledge, there's so much wealth. I mean, that knowledge is wealth, right? And it's so valuable. So when you were going into your business, I'm going to ask you two questions, right? And the first question is, when you went into business on your own, what was the one thing you wish you had known before you started? Before I started, I wish I had uh, been more computer savvy, to be quite honest. Yeah. That's a personal thing, just uh, more up with it on, in terms of computers. And um, probably more account savvy. Yeah. Oh, they're good, yeah. Both good, and yeah. there are courses available for both of those actually. So there are, yeah. There's people who are thinking about it. They may think that that could, you know, listening in, they think, oh, actually, yeah, that's me. Um, so yeah, there are there's things out there, ways out there that you can learn that. And yeah. if you've got one tip to give anybody um, setting up on their own or, or or in business or looking, what would your top tip be? Um. Make sure it's what you want to do, get in there and enjoy it when you're doing it. If you're not enjoying it, then just chuck it and move on and do something else because no point in wasting your time if you're not enjoying what you're doing. And do you know what? That's the first time we've had that. Yeah, nothing. And it is such a true tip. It is such a prudent one as well. So, look, yeah. 
Fraser, we have to end the show. Uh, we've run out of time. I'm absolutely <laughs> devastated. You're, you're the type of guy that you could just sit down with and talk all day and, and, and you're just constantly learning. Um, and and for, to give us half an hour of your busy time is so appreciated. So thank you so much for coming Any on. Anytime. And sharing well, next time, make it round the pool when you come over to Malta. Yeah, that sounds I mean, fabulous. That's absolutely. Like, like, uh, Honeymoon time. Uh, yes. Yeah, live at five on the road show. You never know. It could be coming yeah. very, very soon. But from all of us, I want to say a massive thank you. I want to thank Fraser for joining us. Uh, I want to thank my astute co-host uh, for helping me host the show. And it's been absolutely brilliant having you here. So thank you so much. Fantastic. And until next time, take care. Goodbye. Bye-bye. You too. See you both soon. Bye. And that's it. That is the end of another great show. So from all of us here at Sino Bounds, and thank you to our amazing guests, we will see you next time. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.